Well, hello there, 2018. You're looking good. And hello to our podcast listeners, especially the listeners Saigon Life and the folks who turn, tune in in Long Branch, New Jersey, a beach-sized city in Monmouth County, New Jersey in the USA. Thanks to you and to all our listeners. We love that our stories told live on stage here in Hong Kong are going out around the world and into the ears of listeners everywhere. We here at Hong Kong Stories are looking forward to another year of storytelling from our international group. So welcome to January's first episode. I'm the producer, Rachel Smith, and today we're bringing you a story from Jake about a chance encounter he had a few years ago in Thailand. But before that, let me remind you that if you're in Hong Kong, you are welcome to come to any of our free weekly workshops. You can find details on meetup.com or on hongkongstories.com. And if you come to a workshop and we like your story, you may find yourself on stage in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club. We hold monthly shows. Tickets are now on sale for our January 31st show with a theme of Abandoned. Details of future shows can be found on the website at hongkongstories.com. Now listen up to this story from Jake, and best wishes for a safe and happy 2018. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. I heaved as I reached the fifth floor of my walk-up hostel in Bangkok, threw myself on the rickety single bed and basked in the whizzing of the thankfully functional air conditioner. It was after dark, but the heat, which felt persistent as a prized Muay Thai boxer, combined with a heap of chilies that I had just eaten, they're called mouse-shit chilies in, in Thai, uh, had left me melted into a puddle of 21-year-old enthusiasm. I had spent the afternoon roaming around the soiled streets near Nana Station, which somehow manages to seamlessly double as both the Muslim Quarter and the Red Light District. Yeah, you've got burqa-clad women, only their eyes revealed, perusing their tables of lovely fabrics, interspersed with the occasional stand of Viagra, porn, and dildos. So, you know, I mean, I live in New York City, a land of seemingly endless eccentricities, but this wasn't anything goes for which even I had no model. So, after I'd finally cooled myself to a comfortable 20 degrees Celsius, I buoyed from that rickety bed and into the shared shower room in the hallway, which contained the only mirror where I could get ready for my night out at the Bangkok bars, of which I'd heard many a tale. So I, uh, you know, going, getting ready for a night out in New York City, I tended to, just like everything else about my life in New York City, settle for nothing less than my best self. Best hair, best clothes, best friends, best, 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 best. In the unair-conditioned shower room in Bangkok, I appeared to be headed for my sweatiest, shiniest, hair-wax melting onto my forehead itself. But, oh well, I mean, I told myself, this is my summer of redefinition, reformation, you know, plunging off of that Yale Law School treadmill, that neurotic New York pursuit of perfection. So a puddle of wayward hair-wax seemed like a pretty appropriate start to Three months of newly single me traipsing around Southeast Asia on my own. So I swallowed that insecurity down with a shot of whiskey and strutted purposefully through the parade of pirated DVDs and motivated massage boys and straight towards Silom Soy 2. 
Asia's most famous string of gay bars. So I enter and, you know, have a couple of rather riffraffy encounters on the dance floor, and then finally, finally collide with a guy who seems potentially cute under his hipster hat, you know, his long flowing white t-shirt cascading over the shortest of short shorts. Well, you know, I like the style, I'm not going to lie. We could communicate. Our hips were sinking. I thought, why not? So by the end of the night, the guy who called himself Mac was ready for his first visit home with a foreigner to a Bangkok hotel, right? But somehow, the last very rapidly shriveling remnants of my Midwestern wholesomeness responded that, I think I'm just going to go home tonight, but I could see him tomorrow night. Oh, but tomorrow I go stay with my family in northern Thailand. Oh, well... That's too bad, but it was nice meeting you. You too, you too, you too. You, you come too. <laughs> Excuse me? Tomorrow we take bus, 9 a.m. You stay with my family in northern Thailand. They make best Thai food you never try. <laughs> hmm. But, but then came, Jake, this guy could be a murderer. An organ harvester. I mean, do you know how rare your blood type is in Asia? <laughs> so there was that little voice of reason that always somehow manifested itself in my grandmother's Missouri drawl. I mean, what kind of a guy meets someone at a bar and then invites him home to meet the family before you even had a proper date? But, but... This is my summer of plunging. I mean, isn't this the kind of thing I'm supposed to say yes to? So I wrestled with that decision for all of about 10 seconds before the prospect of home-cooked Thai food and finally realizing my romanticized pastoral visions of rural Thai life went out. Okay, then. See you on the bus. Oh, dear. So the next day, we finally arrive in Mac's hometown of Bantak in northwestern Thailand. I decide I'm going to give up on my futile attempts to learn the few Thai words he tried to teach me. Oh, how I would have laughed if you had told me that only four years later I would be fluent in this seemingly impossible language. As we're going along the dusty path into the town, we pass you know, stilted wooden houses with old folks and young children beating ever so gently on the drum of their daily lives. The dildos and burkas and bars felt quite far away by this point. And as we approached his house, I, which looked like it came straight from some cliched American film about Southeast Asia, I thought to myself, wow, that exoticized fantasy? Yeah, really gross, I admit it, I admit it. But it was coming true. I mean, this place like even backed up onto a river. But then I quickly emerged from my high when three undeniable facts penetrated my idyllic haze. Number one, the walls on this house were all rolled up, meaning it's open air, so charming, like in the movies, right? But wait, but wait, open air houses means no air conditioners. And most importantly, three, it's 40 fucking degrees Celsius out here. I guess I will not even bother with the hair wax. So as we enter the house, we go into our bedroom, which consists of two mats 
strewn on the floor where we're supposed to sleep for the next three nights and a whirring 1960s table fan that appears to be moving at about the same pace as Mac's elderly grandmother on her journey to the outdoor shower. As we go into the bedroom, Mac's hands immediately decide to pick up where they left off in front of the, night, the bar the night before. But after having seen him in the cold and fortunately hatless light of day, plus the 10 hours of fumbling conversation on the long schlep from Bangkok, I was pretty sure that we weren't headed for the, how do they call it, happy ending. But thankfully, my very generous sweat formed a nice glue, holding my clothes snugly in place. I thought to myself, oh my God, what have I got myself into? This food had better be life-changing. <laughs> and let me tell you, friends, it was <laughs> literally life-changing. I mean, the transformational things that happened in my mouth after Mac's mother's cooking were honestly one of my primary motives for moving to Thailand three years later. I basically spent 30% of the next three days eating, 40% sleeping, including daytime naps, already unheard of for me. But these daytime naps happened on the floor in his parents' local shop, with the local shoppers stepping over our snoring bodies as they looked for their odds and ends. Then there was 10% of the time reading, 10% swimming in that shockingly clean river, and only about 10% thinking of the New York exhibitions and lavish restaurant openings and self-aggrandizing conversations that I was missing back there. Maybe, I thought to myself, my best, best, best self was to be found in languid strolls and bowls and bowls of spicy salad that I had helped prepare, and not thinking about what percent of my day I allocated to which specific activities. So, you know, I, I, Mac and I may not have stayed in close touch, and my palate may have been lost to Thailand, but that, those three days began a, uh, a journey toward discovering a slower, gentler, sweatier, more communitarian me that I would later explore during my six years living in Thailand after finally getting off of that Yale Law School treadmill for good. So maybe then my... Best, best, best self would lie somewhere in between. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more about learning to tell great stories, visit us on hongkongstories.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell your friends. We publish new stories every Wednesday. May your 2018 be filled with wondrous stories and fantastic tales. Everyone has a story to tell.